0: the links and locks podcast. podcast better than most better than most better than most <laughs> winner winner <trick laughs> <of dinner. laughs> four you got real talent don't concentrate on God. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets Podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He has been Everal from the PGA Tour. And as usual, we will make 18 bets over 18 holes for this week's Zozo Championship. As a reminder, the Links and Locks Podcast, proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code Action. To get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado, bet $1 on any game, get $200 free. Benny, thanks as always for joining us here on the pod. You are fresh off a week in Vegas at the Shriners Children's Open. We know how all the players fared. There's a leaderboard for that. We don't know how all the writers and uh, broadcasters <laughs> and media folks fared. So please tell us, where did you finish on that leaderboard? I was a,
1: a small contingent there this year, so I'm going to give myself top honors. I, I think I, you know, did pretty well. I managed to walk 36 holes the first two days and 18 both in the last with extensive nighttime activities. So uh, oh, I give nice. myself a uh, a pass. And and look, I didn't come home with less money than I went with. We'll just say okay. that. So uh, okay, that's uh, it. Could have been better, but not
0: bad. Yeah, it definitely could have been better. You and I were doing a little victory lap on Friday morning, which is always (laughs) a really bad sign. Here on the podcast last week, we each, I think it's the first time, and we get a lot of bets very similar on a regular basis. Maybe the first time we ever had the same favorite outright play here on the pod. We both went with Cam Davis, shot a 67 in the opening round, just fine. Goes out Friday morning. I was actually out and about doing some things. I look, he's one over through three holes. I go, you know what? I'm not even looking at the phone for a little while. I'm staying away from it. <laughs> he proceeds to go six under over the next five holes. He's leading the golf tournament in sole possession of the lead. I text you, Ben. And I go, all right, here we go. We got this. Cam Davis, we're going to win. the. He finished the share of 37th place, Ben. Oh, man. Yeah, oh. look,
1: super disappointing his weekend. He was definitely, I was saying at one point, treading water, but he was actually drowning because he was making no birdies over the weekend. And, guys were lapping him okay a there, there few potential uh little mini reasons why he had a bit of a fade and I am going to sort of go back to well at some point in this podcast mm-hmm. so I'll explain what they were a bit later on but um look I was bullish man I thought he was going to do it for sure but of course uh, in the end the top two draw cards that people were hoping would be there at the end were in Tom Kim and Patrick Cantlay and one bad swing is all it takes in golf right Cantlay pulls yeah, really. that drive and Look, I was part of the – it's funny, that the, with limited cameramen and whatnot at fall events, especially uh, with one with a limited TV window, uh, they couldn't see where that ball went uh, from the blimp. And I was one of the guys who helped find it. And let me tell you, the minute I saw that ball, all I could think of was – Oh, the punters are not going to like this <laughs> because it was wedged in there tight. But I'll say this too about Patrick Henley: uh, immediately, I was having a debate with Will Haskett was there, and he was he took a look and he's like, "Oh, he's going to have to take an unplayable." And I said, "Well, yeah. why?" Is I actually said, "I don't think so. I think I think while it's almost an impossible shot, what's also an impossible shot is getting it up and down from this." around anywhere within two club lengths there was nothing that he could do that right. was going to essentially guarantee him a chance at par and he needed a chance at par so so for patrick kentley to t- essentially try to hack down that bush and try to get the ball out there i think honestly i think that was the only play for a person who's trying to win now if it's not patrick kentley if it's a rookie or some guy in his first year thinking about his card and he realizes in that moment uh oh i'm not i'm done i'm done here and he wants to take the drop and then hack out and then make a five and finish second different story we have we were talking about whether he should mm-hmm. have been a hero or not but in Cantley's case i still think the only play even though everyone else on tv and everyone was saying he should have taken it unplayable i don't think so i think he had to have a crack
0: Man, i completely agree with you i started actually my preview of the zozo championship that you can find on the action network actionnetwork.com and the action app with a little breakdown of Cantlay's decision-making process. Look, we all know he hit a bad tee shot, took a three-wood off the tee, pulled it left into the desert, had a really tough lie there. At that point, though, and I think we can learn something, the gambling community that is betting on a regular basis can learn from this because we talk about analytics all the time. You watch an NFL game, and we're talking about the analytics of kick an extra point or going for two, going for it on fourth down or punting. What that means is essentially – giving yourself the best opportunity to find success you're thinking about the implied probability and patrick cannelly is a very analytical type of player i don't know whether he's thinking in his head of percentages necessarily but he is thinking okay there's two options in one i can try to get it back to the fairway and get up and down and somehow make part and force a playoff in the other one i take a drop and then from there have to get up and down from the desert which one is more likely, he took the road that had more implied probability and greater implied probability. My contention is that on a Monday morning, even here on Monday afternoon, a lot of people are going to say, oh, Patrick Cantley made a mess of that. He really screwed up. My My contention is that the implied probability for the option he took was maybe only a 3% success rate, but the implied probability from option B, which would have been taking a drop and still hitting from the desert was maybe a 1% implied probability. And so I do think that he made the right decision. Yes, this all could have been uh, warmed over with just a better t shot. He wouldn't have had to worry about it. But I don't think it was a bad decision on his part down the stretch there. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I do think also, Benny, that, like I said, that can help people. When you're betting, it's a matter of, hey, should I bet? This player at let's say 9 to 1 or this guy at 35 to 1 does the player at 9 to 1 have more than a four times chance of winning than the player who's at 35 to 1 we're always thinking in terms of implied probability whether that's actually mathematically statistically going through our mind or not and in fact that's a question i asked myself this week we'll get into that as we start our zozo championship picks 18 holes 18 bets you're on the tee betty
1: Swing away. Yeah. Made it, it sent just, just quite a sensational little diatribe there, mate. That just hit the nail on the head. And I think people, you know, if you didn't quite grasp it, go back and listen to that all over again because that will give you a leg up in all your sort of uh, betting sort of decisions and whatnot. And look, it, I think the proof was in the pudding, wasn't it? When he did eventually take a drop, he couldn't get it across the water. Went in the water. Yeah, so exactly. it just proved exactly that case. Um, all right. My first outright winner, i.e. my second pick for an outright win this week. Uh, Look, one Aussie didn't help me last week, but I'm going to another. Lucas Herbert, plus 5,000 I think in places, about 50 to 1 or shop around and you'll see, I see that as tremendous value. Let me tell you why. Look, this is not one born in the analytics (laughs) and numbers we just talked about. This one is born in, he's got a rocket up his you-know-what, He's fired up, this bloke. He was not happy at missing out at Quail Hollow at all. I spoke to him for the first time in person since uh, during last week at uh, the Shriners, where he kept sort of pushing himself towards the top of the leaderboard throughout the week before. It were basically a a, a number of big mistakes, which you can't have in Shriners when you need to get to 24 under. He had a few blow-up holes that really hurt him. Uh, But outside that, look, he was smashing his driver long and straight uh, for the most part. And, and look, I, I just think that Rocket is, he's got a point to prove. And I, I think he's great value at 5000
0: Well, hold off for just a minute on my long shot play of the week that I just think you can sprinkle a little bit on outright. And I'll go skip ahead straight to my Lucas Herbert play, which I have written down on my card here. Uh, as we always do, we often overlap. Uh, I'm not playing him outright. I don't mind the play. But based on everything you told me about Lucas last week, and I know you walked with him a little bit before the tournament started, uh, he's a little fired up, like you said. And so you can get him head-to-head. I It looks like he's right around the same number as players like KH Lee and Sebastian Munoz, two guys who, oh, by the way, just happened to play on that international team in the President's Cup a few weeks ago. If he's still got that chip on his shoulder, I like the Lucas Herbert play this week. That's smart. All right,
1: mate. Well, all right, I'll go, I'll go for the third tee, and I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to look for. I'm going to go into uh, the matchups like you just said, but I'm going to give you someone to fade, potentially fade to back, which we've talked about the last few weeks. Where stay away from them in the opening, but maybe look at them longer in. I'm going to fade a man that I really love, who is in hot form, but and just won. Tom Kim for the first round. Now let me tell you why. Again, this is just it's a week of feel for me because I was on on site last week. I was with the man for. Pretty much every shot he hit in this tournament, walked every every hole with Tom. He is gassed. He had, a, he had a cold and a bad cough and still won last week. He is really tired, but he has an obligation and feels an obligation to get out there and do the right thing. But following Japan, he has to get back to the US for his big sponsors event, CJ Cup. That one is a little higher priority for him. So I'm feeling like he's on that long plane ride overnight, He's probably feeling that he, you know, feeling it all. I think he might start slow in Japan. I still think he can win, but I think he's definitely going to start slow. So not worth getting on 1600 in the beginning for me at all, Tom Kim.
0: Very, very interesting. Good insight there, Benny. Fourth Hmm. hole. I will now get to my long shot play. This is a guy I went back and looked at my preview material from a year ago And they were at the same course, Narashino Country Club, just about an hour outside of Tokyo. And I had recommended CT Pan, who was actually a popular play, had been playing well, short golf course, which he likes. He's won on shorter golf courses in the past. He was 45 to 1 a year ago. He has not played his best golf recently, but boy, he has skyrocketed. In a 78-man field, he is 200-to-1 this week. C.T. Van's a a world-class player. This is a guy who's been on the PGA Tour for a while now, especially on a 7,000-yard golf course. I'll take a shot on him at 200-to-1. Why not? I like that play, Benny.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, he was in this most recent President's Cup, but he was in the one before it. Um, You know, definitely got some value there. All right, I'll take us to the fifth hole then. I like that pick, as we said, mate, but uh, I'll I'll stick with the long-shot theme then. Uh, I'm looking at a guy who, again, I mentioned how Lucas Herbert was was coming up and about the uh, the leaderboard there in Vegas. There's another man that was sort of threatening without threatening throughout the uh, throughout the week, and that is Aaron Wright. Now he's a decent number, I think, this week. You're looking like 70, 80 to one, uh, sometimes a hundred if you shop around. With it being a, a smaller field, we're not going to get those huge numbers on guys that you know that we think can actually get it done. But Aaron Rye is 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 a guy that you know if he gets off to a hot start and he gets himself in the mix, oh, I think he's a sneaky chance. Uh, if you're looking for value in a in a in a small field, he's he's my man this week.
0: All right, hole number six. I like that play with Aaron Rye. We mentioned Cam Davis off the top. We both said we're going back to him at some point. I'll go back to him with a pretty aggressive play for a top five finish. Look, we say it all the time, Benny. If you like a player and it doesn't work out, I think a lot of bettors tend to go, all right, he's dead to me for a while. I'm jumping <laughs> yeah. off, and I'm not going to take him for at least a few months. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let my love cool off for that player. The reality is, if you really liked a player the previous week, and he didn't completely tank, didn't completely play terribly, stay on him for a little bit. There's a reason you liked him in the first place, and so we both liked Cam Davis last week. I'll play him for a top five this week at 7-1. to one. We saw guys... Like Brendan Steele, like Keegan Bradley Hall mentioned a little bit, guys who are very good drivers of the golf ball play well here in Japan last year. Cam Davis, I think, fits a similar profile as those players, and I like him because of that.
1: Well, we're close. We're close. I am going back to him. I'm going to jump to him here on the seventh hole because you've mentioned him. I have him in top ten at three to one. Um, again, as I said, he was playing great golf. Uh, two through two rounds at – in Las Vegas, but uh, the weekend was a little bit of a rough one for him. Now, the the parts that I saw, he did have a few drives that were just a little squirrely that that upset him, but then when I did a little bit more, you know, did did a bit more digging and and talked to the team a little bit, turns out that his lovely young wife was a bit crook last week. She was sick. She was at home. She was struggling a little bit. I know it doesn't sound like it should affect someone on the golf course. Crook, yeah, sick, sick. You know, she was. She had. Yeah, crook means uh, not feeling well. Now, nothing serious. She was just, you know, uh, uh, really bit run down after all the partying and whatnot uh, from the Presidents Cup, and uh, a little cold or something got a, got through to her. Now, Cam wasn't sick. Cam wasn't was feeling fine. He said, but at the same token, that little bit of uh, let's just say other things on his mind, worried about her. She she was struggling a little bit on her own those 24, 48 hours. And I think maybe that can be enough to get a guy a little bit off the filter. And word is she's feeling better now. So he's off to Japan with a clear conscience and feeling good. And I think maybe he can ramp it back up.
0: Bet bit crook. See, we not only give you bets on this podcast, we help <laughs> you speak Australian. I actually, yeah. when I tweeted out my preview for this week, I talked about a certain player that I'll get to later in the podcast here. And I said, he's been on a torrid run of late. And I had a handful of people from the UK, and I don't know if this is an Australian thing too, but said, well, Torrid basically means crappy. It basically yeah. is the, the literal translation. I'm like, I'd never heard that. And I still looked it up, and there it is. I, I could have used any adjective to describe mm-hmm. this player's performance. It could have been scorching. It could have been good. I could have <laughs> said. <laughs> Instead, I went with Torrid. And apparently, I mean, I thought there was absolutely nothing wrong about my tweet, just shows. Every tweet might have something wrong with it. Someone can find fault <laughs> with any, any one of them out there. So yep. uh in any case, I'll talk about that Torrid player, uh, the good meaning of Torrid in just a minute, but uh <laughs> on the eighth hole, I'll, I'll go with the top 10 play. So really good number eight to one on a guy who tends to play his best golf on shorter golf courses, starting to come around, had the best tee to green numbers on Sunday in the final round in Vegas of anybody making the trip from there to, to japan and that is joel damon so joel damon hit it well look let's hope that doesn't leave him somewhere on the plane as he makes that long journey over but at eight to one i think that's a really good number i think it's a solid player um should be a good course for him
1: yeah uh mate i can see that that's um as you said i didn't know that i didn't look that deep in the stats in the final round there but i'll take your word for it and um yeah, I could see that him plotting himself around there and doing decent. Like you mentioned, too, behind Hideki last time were a couple of seasoned guys who played just similar golf. Um, so we could see that again. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll close the front nine here with first-round leader. And let me preface this by saying I am using this space this week with the smaller field, etc., to try to get value, on the guys at the top of the board I like, at the very top of the board. And that's Sunjay Im and Xander. Now, I do not, Xander Shuffalo, that is, I don't think that their numbers are worth getting outright at the beginning. It's too short, um, even though I think, I think, what is it, 800 and 900 for those two at the top of the board. I think you're almost just as much chance, if not a better chance, of waiting, like we always say, Mm -hmm. And then if you want to cover yourself, why not have a crack at them on first round leader? If they do go out hot, they probably will keep going well and maybe win the tournament. So you can get 18, 16, double the mark for first round lead. I say put a little sprinkle on first round lead of those two guys. If they do, great, you've hit it. If they don't, their odds should have come out. And if they're three or four or five or even six behind after one round, that's when you look at those two guys.
0: The only potential issue for a live play this week, Benny, I just say this to remind people that they're playing in Japan. I think a great part of our listenership here is in the United States. If you want to jump on a guy, sure. Between the second and third round, uh, going into Saturday's uh, round there, if you want to jump on a guy, fine. But if you're like, hey, so-and-so played the first six holes and two over, I want to jump on him now that he dropped to 25-1, to whoever it might be. You better be up at 3 o'clock, 4 (laughs) o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning ready to make these plays. And so uh, that's the only warning uh, symbol that I put on that. Just a little bit, the fact that uh, you might not be available and ready and willing to be betting this stuff live the entire week. As we make the turn, a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 free. All right, getting back to the back nine. I've got the tee. I'm going to go with my first-round leader bet. I mentioned him tangentially earlier. Played well here last year. Keegan Bradley is a guy that I've often targeted for first-round leader bets. And in my head, Benny, he always plays well on Thursday. And I went back and looked. 79th in round one scoring average this past season it was two seasons ago that he was 13th and i think he was in the top five top 10 for most of that season it looks like he's getting it back a little bit his last three starts keegan bradley has shot scores of 68 64 70 in the opening round i like i look for a little thursday magic From Keegan, and the reason, the real reason, I like him this week is because in eight rounds at Narashino in his career, he has posted scores of 63 and 65, so we know he likes playing well, he can go low in the opening round, we know he can go low at this golf course, if we combine the two and we get a low one on Thursday, boom, there's your FRL at 35 to 1.
1: I was just gonna say, I hadn't looked him up, but I was like, my memory serves that he had some low rounds there. So there you go. Uh, well done. Um, absolutely. Sounds like a decent, um, you know, sometimes first round leader can be that dart throw, as I said, but if you just give yourself uh, enough good reasons to sort of have that crack, uh, you've definitely provided some there. Uh, all right. Well, here you go. I'm going to try to do some education if I can as well. Please. Uh, we're going to go to top 40 plays and I'm going to use this to introduce to the listeners who may not know two Japanese players that I feel like we're going to overlap on this too. uh, Well, there's two guys at plus 100, not many guys in a small field are getting plus money at top 40, but I'm going to go to the players that maybe they're plus 100 because not everyone knows about them or not everyone knows that they've what they're capable of. Uh, But I'm going to start my first one. You should know his name. If you, if you've been watching golf, uh, you know, in recent years, but it's, Kita Nakajima. Now, he was the number one amateur last year, was trending to be the number one amateur again this year, but just turned pro uh, a little while ago. Played his first pro event last week, I believe. Uh, He played in all the majors uh, this past year, or sorry, the Masters and the two Opens. Didn't make the cut there, but I've seen enough of this kid to know that he does have the good stuff. is a potential star in the making. Um, You know, might be a little bit behind Tom Kim's trajectory. But definitely um, could be one of those type players uh, if he can sort of find his feet in professional golf. Uh, he's, as I said, he's one of the guys at plus one hundred for a top 40. And he was, by the way, I believe he played in it last year as an amateur and and finished 28th. So he's already done that and proven he can do it. The other one I like is, and I like I apologize to anyone out there if I'm pronouncing this completely wrong, because I have no idea how it's done, but Kato Onishi plus 100. No one might have heard of him, but I can tell you USC fans out here would love. Like, he played college golf here in LA at USC yeah. and was actually the freshman of the year uh, for the PAC, whatever it was called, in 2018. <laughs> um, you know, like, so, you know, some sort of pedigree has played uh, American style golf and obviously is doing quite well. Had his first win on the Japan tour just a few weeks ago and multiple top tens. So there are two guys I think at the plus 100 for top 40 that might be worth a crap.
0: Benny, this whole sharing a brain thing is not working out well for either one of us. But (laughs) uh, as we say all the time on the podcast, because it always happens almost every single week, we do not talk about our plays beforehand. We barely talk about anything beforehand. (laughs) I send you a text. Hey, you ready to go? You say, yep, give me five minutes. We get on. Boom, we start talking. I mean, yeah. there's no planning. There's no uh, going back and forth and talking about players. Number 12 on my little index card right here that I've written down, Keita Nakajima, top yeah. 40, the exact same play that you yeah. came up with, all the same reasons. Look, he's playing at home. He's a former number one ranked amateur in the world, and I'm going to throw one more little stat at out. Yeah, uh, I'm looking for guys who uh, maybe, the, maybe fit this golf course a little bit. Hideki Matsuyama last year won this golf tournament. A few years before that, he finished runner-up on this very same golf course. A couple months afterwards, he wound up winning the Sony Open. Nakajima finished third, right behind Hideki Matsuyama at the Sony Open. So if you're looking for a little corollary-type golf course, you go from Narashino to Wailai, uh over in Hawaii right in Honolulu there, uh, and maybe there's a little comparison to be made between the two. If Hideki can win it both, maybe Nakajima can contend it both. At the very least, top 40 in a 78-man field at even money feels like a really, really smart play, as you said
1: already. Yeah, look, and Nakajima, he, he was he's in awe of Hideki. And uh, to be honest, that's what the one – Knock on him last year in this event as an amateur was that first round he was thrown in amongst all the chaos and the, either with Hideki's grip or the, or the one right in front of it um, deliberately and it he had a seventy three to start before getting finding his feet and as I said finishing in the top thirty uh, he'll be clearly ready more ready this time around uh, and I expect yeah I expect him to do well but I'll move on now to a top twenty play uh, again here I'm going to go with our Mister I like to call him Rocks Mister Rocks and Diamonds. Uh, I thought he might have a real good shot in Shriner's last week. He pushed himself up early and thought, "Hey, he might, you know, upset upset the apple cart here." And it's not Tom Kim; it's Siwoo Kim. Siwoo yeah. Kim plus one thirty, I believe, for a top twenty. He was T eighteen last year uh, at the same course. He's playing better now than he was then. Um, look, is he going to have a mistake? Yeah, at some point. I remember sitting there so at Shriner's. I'm sure this probably was I don't know if this was televised or not, but he just hit the lead in the fairway on the 12th hole there at, um, at TPC Summerlin with a wedge in hand. Airmails the green, then from that spot shanks it across the green into a pond, takes a drop, chips it back off the back of the green where he started, makes a seven uh, and essentially gives up all that advantage. But old Siwoo Kim, that's the end of him. Implosion, dead, done, dusted, forget him. New Siwoo Kim is telling me that he was able to come back from that. He did, he had a whole out eagle, he had another birdie, he got those shots back. How did he do it? What he learned at the recent president's cup. Mm. The confidence he gained there, how to play under the pressure, how to stay calm in the in the moments where you want to, you know, smash a club in half. He, he said that that he feels like could be the making of his career. He's obviously had big wins already, won the players and, and whatnot, but he thinks that he might be able to create some consistency in his game now based off what he learned at Hollow. So I think 130 top 20 is a good bet.
0: It's funny. I thought you were going after my guy because I have a very conservative bet with a very similar number for a top 20 this week. But it's not Siwoo Kim. I'm going after Scott Stallings, who's playing some of the best golf of his career. Stallings has six six top 20 finishes in his last eight starts. That's a nice little rate of 75%. His plus 130 value there shows that uh, the implied probability is not equal (laughs) to what we have seen from him in recent months. And so I I think Scott Stallings, I'm just going to keep riding that train until he shows us that we shouldn't be. So plus 130, a nice play on Stallings for a top 20. All right, we get to the 15th hole, Benny. You're up.
1: Uh, no, I'm going to go with the top five play then. My top five, I can't believe this might be the first time I've, that you've not mentioned him in a podcast where I'm going to. But I'm going to go back to our young gun, Sahith Thigala, 8-1. Sure. I think that there's potential for him on this course to absolutely, you know, have one of his lights out weeks, um, you know, I think that he keeps it accurate off the tee, gets out there and, and just starts firing at those pins with the no pressure of, you know, there's no cut, there's nothing to worry about, nothing for him to he's there with um, enjoying himself. I think we might see some, uh, some vintage already. I'm saying that about a youngster, but he, I'm sure also he'll be energized by what Tom Kim just did. You know, it's like these young guys, these young guys are all like want to prove that they're the next thing or they're, you know, they're part of the new wave. And, you know, Tom Kim just grabbed a lot of headlines for becoming the first player since Tiger to win twice before he's 21. So he thought want to get his name back on the young gun radar that he had prior to that. So plus 800, I like that for a top five.
0: The one issue that I have with Figala, it's really not an issue whatsoever. What it is, is He has not shown in his short career that he plays way better on long courses, short courses, wide open courses, tree line courses, courses with this type of grass. He's essentially sort of, (laughs) hey, I play well everywhere. And so that's great for him. That means great things for his future. It means he can go out there and win or contend on any kind of golf course. What it does is put a little more pressure on us, though, Benny, where we can't say, All right, it's a short course with Bermuda greens. Let's go after Sahith. Or it's a long course with bent grass. That's his type of golf course. He doesn't really seem to have one type yet, at least not at this point early in his career. So he's a tough guy to try to pin down on a weekly basis. But you're right. I love him basically anytime he tees it up. I'll get to the 16th hole, and here's a guy that I'm essentially just taking across the board. Give me a little bit of the outright at 35 to 1. Give me a little top 5 little top 10 just kind of sprinkling around and that is christian bezadenhout Ah, and the reason i like bezadenhout this week is because we've come to know him over the last year or two as one of the game's best around and on the greens really good wedge player really good putter if you look what he's done so far this season in two starts it's the irons that have actually been very good for him he's been positive strokes gained ball striking In each of those two starts, negative strokes gained around the greens and on the greens, as opposed to losing the irons and staying the same with the wedges and putter. I'm looking for him to continue the iron play to improve his chipping and putting this week and moving forward, and I think he's got a couple of top finishes in him at some point in the not-too-distant future.
1: Yeah, I've liked him, obviously, even more so since the pre-cup again. I know I keep harping on it, but the proof's in the pudding. Uh, prior after the, I think I mentioned this last week, but after the 2019 Presidents Cup, we saw uh, Cam Smith, uh, Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, JM Im, uh, all win in this. Not too far after it, um, they got the boost. And either this one, I would argue, is pretty, given some of these young guys an even bigger boost, which is why, as we've mentioned, big on Cam Davis, um, you know, and and guys who missed out too. We already had Mackenzie Hughes prove a point. Now I've talked about Lucas Herbert. Um, Tom Kim just won again. Uh, I, I feel like uh, Bezenhut is, is another guy who is going to put a string together and may just jag one of these. So definitely a guy to keep an eye on while we've got some value about him. Um, that being said, 17th hole, my outright, I'm not going with the value at all. I'm sticking with the boring, true, homegrown hero who won it again, who won it last time, Hideki Matsuyama. Because it's 16 to 1. Like, I I honestly think he's a much better chance than the 8 to 1 uh, Xander Shockley, who hasn't proven on this course that that he's good. Yeah, he won the gold medal in Japan, but it wasn't, um, you know, tournament like, you know, this with with the same level of golfers. Um, uh, And also, he's got other things on his mind over there. He's got family and they all hang out and they do all sorts of things. So I think that's allowed us a little value on Hideki uh, he was runner-up, as you said, to Tiger in the first time at this course. He won last time. I just – I think to to leave him out is a little silly. So I'm going to just go down the path, Hideki, 1,600.
0: And I don't mind the play based on how well he's performed here in the past. Obviously feels at home. Obviously loves playing this golf course. What I will point out, though, is over the last six months, since the beginning of April, Hideki Matsuyama's results. You ready for this? Yep. WD. 14th, 3rd, 60th, WD, 4th, missed cut, 68th, WD, 35th, (laughs) 9th, 25th. I can't make any sense of that (laughs) whatsoever. And so it doesn't mean that Hideki Matsuyama can't win. It just means I can't figure him out right now. And so I'm staying away. But
1: one more point, I will say the issues that he's had with his neck and back, etc., his specialist and the guy that gets the best out of him, if you will, is in Japan and he has been with and will have that treatment in the lead up to this. And that's when he's come back and made some of those decent results you heard, usually came off the back of treatment. So, look, you're right. It's a bit of a, you know, what shoot with him, how he's gone this year. But I just I just think that he, it's it's a pressure he feels that he turns into a into something good for him. Like he really feels like he has to win that event. And he, and it's, a, it's an abject failure if he doesn't. So, one by five last time, I can see him at least being up there again.
0: Anyway, just for the record for the listeners, I believe we are allowed to say crap shoot. We get to the 18th. Hole. We I've talked a lot on this podcast so far about implied probability and. For the most part, most weeks out of the year, if I look at a guy who's right around nine to one, and then I look at a few guys who are 35 to one, I believe that the guys who are 35 to one have at least a 25% chance of winning as opposed to that player's nine to one. I'm probably not explaining it as well as I should be, but uh, you think about the percentages. So uh, if they've got a price that's four times bigger, are they more than a quarter likely to win this golf tournament in 80 to 90% of circumstances? I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers out there. I will say yes to that. This week, I'm taking the shorter number. We've seen a couple of stars already win on this golf course, 2019 Tiger Woods, last year Hideki Matsuyama. I'm not going far down the board, and I'm going with a guy who hasn't finished outside the top 15 in his last six starts, which includes three runner-up finishes, Sanjay M at nine to one is playing some of the best golf of his life. And we talk about being motivated by Tom Kim. You mentioned it, Benny, for Thigala. Sanjay M is a guy who's yeah. from the same country. He's Korean. He was supposed to be the next big thing from Korea. He still yeah. might be. Right now, Tom Kim is getting all the attention. It's not like is an old guy and over the hill. He's only 24 years old. I think if anything's going to motivate him, it was what happened in Vegas this past weekend.
1: Yeah, mate, you're right. As I said, I mentioned him earlier. I just thought the nine was a little low. So I wanted to wait out that first round and potentially put him at first round later. But honestly, I would not be surprised if Sung Jay went wire to wire. Uh, he, in speaking in the, you know, the broken English I could get with him after his round uh, on Sunday, you could see he was very proud of Tom, but motivated himself. You know, he's like, and he was there for him on the 18th, or the 72nd hole in the 18th green congratulate him. They are a little brotherhood, definitely getting the best out of each other. But Tom's got the bragging rights right now. He took, he literally took Sungjae's title off him. Sungjae won Shriners the year before and he was joking with him about, you're just going to send the trophy to my house, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, that sort of thing was pretty cool and it was just a number that, you know, if if I was looking at no numbers, I would have said Sungjae as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we'll see. I I do think it's going to be one of those guys who's a little bit shorter as opposed to going with a long shot this week. Thanks so much to everybody out there for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks Best Bet Podcast presented by Bet365 as it is every single week. And just like every other week, find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your bets for this week's Zozo Championship. Here's open you hit <laughs> the green.